and that we love a chat. We love to help and that's a fact. So we have made it our mission to find stuff out. From diagnosis and education, slimming out of your frustration. Chat to folks who've been there too. Collect it together and share it with you. If you know someone we should speak to, send them our way and that's what we'll do. We like to have our sensory networks. You know what? Good morning, everybody. It's Jenny with uh, episode 75 of Sensory Matters. And today I'm joined by the lovely Katie. How are you, Katie? I'm good, thank you, Jenny. How are you today? Yeah, good, thank you. And today we have exciting news. And that's what our topic of discussion is going to be, which is that Katie is heading off to uni. Woohoo! I am indeed. <laughs> yeah, in, in about, what, three, four weeks? Yeah, it's coming up really quickly. The time has gone so fast. <laughs> Yeah. So, I mean, if we go back to when you first started working with us, this was not on the horizon at all. Oh, this has not been on the horizon for very long at all. I was always thinking that uni was never going to be for me. I never wanted to step foot in a university and I just kind of accepted that. But things change and now I'm really, really excited to be to be heading off in September. Fantastic. So what what's changed? I think it was just finding something that I was really passionate about and that I really wanted to learn more about. Okay. Uh, I didn't have that when I left college, which is when everybody, like all of my friends, were going off to university. So I just thought, right, I'm going to get into the world of work and I'm just going to get stuck in, not really expecting to go to university at all then. I thought I kind of missed my window. Yeah. But no, I found chewy gem and with my other work that i've been doing i just realized that everything was sort of leading towards business and marketing and i just got really really excited by that and i realized that that was definitely the area that i wanted to be in and then i thought hey why not try going to university and seeing if i can get a degree in this very good how exciting so the degree is business and marketing yes excellent um and so you you previously had thought uni's not for me yes yeah so what what has happened that has made you think I mean I know you've got a passion for it but you must have thought uni's not for me because so what were your kind of becauses as to why it wasn't for you I think it was really because I had such a bad experience in college I had my diagnosis in college and it just kind of knocked me a little bit and knocked all the confidence out of me and I just thought you know what my life had just been thrown upside down and I didn't want to I just wanted a bit of stability really Um, and I didn't think university would give me that and I wanted so much in college to drop out I just I hated it so much and I lost all of my passion for it and um, I just decided no education isn't for me so I think having that bit of distance and Mm -hmm. I think being able to form my own views of like what I'm passionate about and what I want to do outside of college where there was so much pressure to go to university. Um, I think being able to make that decision independently on my own and I'm doing it for me as opposed to just because everyone else says that I should. um, That definitely, I think, really impacted how I felt about university then. Yeah. And was there, because at that time when you were at college and you'd got your diagnosis and everyone else was starting to think about going to uni or whatever else, was there anything related to your diagnosis that made you think, I can't? I don't think it was really like solely linked to being autistic. I think it was Mm -hmm. just 
that having the diagnosis had such a huge effect on me. I didn't think it did at the time. And looking back now, I'm like, wow, I really did sort of fall apart and have to build myself back up again, which is quite normal when you've been diagnosed. Yes. Um, it, It is very common to have that sort of honeymoon phase and then sort of crumble a little bit and then have to kind of build yourself back up. And I definitely went through that. Yeah. So I don't think it was anything like specifically linked to autism that made me think, oh, I, I definitely can't do it because of X, Y, and Z. I just genuinely didn't feel sort of strong enough to take it on at that point. Yeah, and, that makes sense. And plus, I didn't know what I wanted to do. And I thought, you know what, that's going to be a waste of time and, yeah. <laughs> and money. So I just thought, let me just leave it for now. And then, yeah, thought that I would never, never go back then. So if you dropped out of college, you said. Yes. Then what did you have to do to get the right qualifications to get accepted onto this course? Well, I didn't. Luckily, I didn't drop out of college, but I just right. um, I, I really wanted to. And I kept chatting to all of all of my teachers knew that I wanted to drop out. My parents mm-hmm. knew I was just like I was so close to it. But by the time that I had my diagnosis and by the time that I was like, look, I just can't do this anymore. I want to drop out. I was so close to the end of college. Yeah. So I was like, right, let me just stick with it. All of this studying, I might as well just do my exams because yeah. otherwise the two years would have been for nothing. Yeah. So um, luckily I did it. But what I what I did do is I didn't do the, the number of qualifications that I needed in order to get into university okay. because I knew that I didn't want to go to university. Normally universities require three A-levels yeah. or three qualifications and I was only doing two. So at that point when I made the decision to only do two I thought right that's it no university is ever going to accept me now because I've only got the two um so that was the main hurdle that I had to overcome when I was applying now is I didn't have um the same number of qualifications as someone usually would going into university at say my age so but then being a more mature student, you've got work experience and all the rest of it. Exactly. It seemed to balance out, which was really nice. And in fact, they they definitely, according to like sort of my application, took more of the, the work experience and my general um, life experience after college much more like on board. And that was of much more importance than actually my grades. So that's interesting. So did you have to go for an interview and everything? No, luckily not. I just had okay. to um, apply through what we have in the UK, which is UCAS, um, which is when basically applying for university is is not an easy process, but it, it could be made a lot harder if we didn't have UCAS because you just sort of file one application and then UCAS sends that off to all of the universities that you fancy going to. So um, I just did all of that and sorted that out, which was a little bit tricky because I was a mature student, not immediately coming out of college. So um, and then I did my personal statement, which is basically a a little essay just about me and um, why I wanted to go to university and things that I was interested in. And Mm -hmm. I sent that off to the universities that I, I liked and I wanted to go to. And mm-hmm. then I got um, my what we, what we call an unconditional offer, which means that it's not subject to um, grades, grades or exams. Or exams. Yeah. yeah. So that means that I had like a firm place if I wanted to take it. So. So how did you feel when that came through? I was so excited. I Yay. was shocked. And I, I'm still having moments of being like, oh, my gosh. I'm actually doing this. <laughs> yeah. It doesn't quite feel real. It's starting to now because we're getting so close to starting and I'm still having moments of being like, oh goodness, oh goodness, it's going, yeah. it's happening. Um, yeah, I, I'm having moments of real excitement and moments of real, oh my goodness, what am I doing? 
<laughs> so what what um if, if you take the fact that you are autistic into account and heading off to uni is there anything that you're having to consider or plan in advance how are you feeling about it from that perspective to make make it work for you yeah there are definitely a lot of worries and anxieties linked to studying with an autism spectrum disorder um Mm -hmm. I think part of that part of that is personal because I had such a bad experience in college my last experience of education kind of left me with a couple of demons that I know that I'm going to be walking back into a little bit so that's definitely a personal battle that I'm going to be facing okay but I think generally um the routine I'm like oh god what I I I don't know what it's going to be like, you know, going back and having more of a timetable and doing X amount of hours of studying and, and being at a certain place at a certain time again. You know, I've, I've literally for the last four years, apart from when I was in my first job, when I was, you know, contracted nine to five. Yeah, I kind of have sort of decided what I wanted to do and, and gone places where I want to go when I want to go. And, and kind of with Chewy Gem, you know, we work as and when we can and we yeah. set our own our own hours essentially so I've lived a very kind of not free life but you know unscheduled I guess yes and um, going back to that is a little bit like I can't picture it (laughs) yes although many people would like that level of routine wouldn't they yes yeah I I feel like I'm always a little bit um of a black sheep in the autism community when it comes to (laughs) when it comes to routine and schedule because I have a very fine line I really like a lack of routine because I like a little bit of spontaneity and mm-hmm. I get really really anxious when I have to like be somewhere at a certain time and that stems from college because um, I had to push myself when I was really not feeling good and I was in full burnout or I was in meltdown but I still had to get there because attendance records and all that kind of stuff yeah um, which luckily isn't as strict in university now but there's still a little bit of like oh getting there at a certain time yeah but at the same time I I having a really really structured routine isn't for me either because I very quickly get addicted to that and then that becomes that becomes unhealthy as well then because I feel like I can't do anything outside of the routine because I've lived that for so long and it's like this is what works this is my routine and it can seem healthy from the outside but on the inside I'm like stressing about anything that changes that and yeah I need to find that balance between living in a really unhealthy routine and not living in a routine at all yeah absolutely mm. and and you've not yet had sight of your timetable not yet hopefully that's on the way very very soon because that is probably the thing that would help me the most now is being able to plan in yes. advance um you know when my lectures are and when, when my sort of free time is and being able to work around that but I'm hoping that's going to be coming really soon because yeah. that'll be the next thing now which I think will help with my current fears yes that will once you know what's ahead of you and what your timetable's like that will remove that anxiety because you'll be able to then walk through it in your own head I guess yeah definitely and my university is is really good when it comes to um sort of well-being support they're one of the best um in, right. in the country and and I declared that I had autism from the start to them and they um I've already been to the university to meet with my well-being officer to meet her and to chat to her about all of the things that I'm worried about and what they can help me with and putting all these measures in place um they also invited me to come to sort of a little transition event specifically for students on the autism spectrum to have a look around the university to learn everything 
that you would learn during your first week of university um, well before you actually go so that you don't have to be around all the rush and the crowds of people who are trying to learn and do all the same things at yeah. the same time so um, that's brilliant yeah they're that's really brilliant. good and is that is that something that's quite commonplace now at universities do you think I don't know because I know um, it's quite common specifically in sort of South Wales to do um, what we call the sort of like preparing to go to university kind of thing where um universities mainly in Cardiff but some in South Wales they um when you're in college so when you're looking at university at sort of 17 18 um they allow students who have extra needs autism anything that may kind of be a barrier to going to university they allow them mm-hmm. to come along uh, have a look around and you can actually stay a night in university accommodation so mm-hmm. you can kind of almost like try before you buy with university. Have you done that? I never did that, no. Um, right. And where are you? Because I know last time we spoke, you were humming and hawing about whether you'd stay at home or whether you'd look at going into accommodation. What are you thinking? Yeah, that's a bit of, that's probably been the biggest decision for me. Um, because at first when I applied for university and when I got my offer, I was like, right, I'm going to stay at home because um, I don't want to put too much pressure on myself and university is going to be a big a big deal and then if I add like moving out to that that's going to be Mm. like a a recipe for disaster but Mm -hmm. the more I was thinking about university and the more I was processing it I was like well maybe I could go into halls maybe I could try it maybe I could see you know will it give me a better experience of like an all-rounded student Mm. Um, should I be you know taking the opportunity to try it because if I'm going to be looking to move out at some point doing it mm. in halls is quite a lovely option because it's it's cheaper you've got people around um you can kind of try it and see how you how you go with it really so yeah um and if it doesn't work out then it doesn't work out and you can always go home exactly that's kind of the attitude that I'm going into it with is sort of like university and moving out it's sort of like well if it doesn't move out you know nothing nothing lost really you know um yeah it's just a really good time for me to try now so um, that's exciting I know yeah so I'm, I'm still umming and ahhing about accommodation at the moment it's trying to find um an area that I want to live because we have so many um accommodations sort of in South Wales and in and around Cardiff that it is you have literally so much choice and that's mm-hmm. really lovely in one way, but it's really difficult then in another because they're all so lovely. And then it's finding, you know, where I want to be, what mm-hmm. what is sort of a kind of what is my like list of criteria that I want to to have and to tick off for a place that I want to live. What what's on that list? Have you worked that out, or are you still working on it? Well, this is the thing. When I was sort of thinking about accommodation, I was like, well, university halls is never going to be ex- accessible to me because. I am not sure how I would feel sharing a kitchen in particular because I have a lot of sensory issues and I have a lot of anxiety in in regards to like food and smells and everything like that and I need I'm a bit of a control freak when it comes to um, my kitchen and my food (laughs) yeah so the idea of sharing with you know a group of a group of people really freaked me out and then I thought no I'm not going to be able to do that but when I started to look into university halls a little bit deeper I realized there are options for completely self-contained having your own kitchen still within a university halls building so I'm looking into that but those are very popular and I kind of I looked at accommodation a bit late in the game so it's finding if there are any still available in areas that I like at the moment Um, and then if I find that there are none available I'll look to maybe 
uh, try again next term, maybe after Christmas. So. Right. Okay. So that that is a make or break for you, is it? In, yes. in terms of the accommodation, you need that I think, kitchen to yourself. Yes. I thought maybe oh, I will be able to try it and um, and see how it goes. But I think to give myself like the best possible chance and to do it without so much anxiety, I would prioritize having a lovely self-contained and having my own space somewhere that I can go and feel completely in control and completely comfortable and make it almost like a home from home um, as opposed to trying and either kind of just scraping by or it not working at all so yeah well regardless it's it's a you know regardless of anything it's such a massive change going to university and you know being totally independent responsible for getting yourself to lectures having the self-discipline to do the studying that's required in between and on top of that heap on moving out with a bunch of strangers you know it could potentially just add a layer that is just going to make it too hard for you so I think that's that's a really good thing that the unis do now it certainly wasn't available when I was um, at uni but I think that's awesome yeah I really didn't think there was anything like that I mean I I'm very new to all of the university things because I never looked into it at all so I'm still like messaging all of my friends who have who have just graduated or are still in university and I'm like oh is this normal like what is this and how does this work so they're helping me out at the moment but I never thought that anything like a self-contained almost a flat um, would be available for like first year students and that's really exciting and it definitely opened up my eyes to the fact that oh okay this this could actually be doable from the start with university and um and I think the difficulty is this is the thing that I've sort of been battling with in my head is I want to get the most out of my university experience and a part yeah. of that is is socializing yes. and I struggle with that and especially mm-hmm. you know with my friends I have a lovely group of friends who I met in college who I'm still you know absolutely in love with and they support me and I support them and we talk almost every day despite the fact that we're all sort of scattered around the UK at the moment and yeah um they have been really my only close friends since leaving college I haven't really had a massive opportunity to make more and more friends outside of work so yeah um this I think is going to be a lovely opportunity to kind of put myself out there and make a bit more friends as well but it's trying to find that balance between isolating myself into a into a self-contained um flat or even if mm-hmm. I'm staying at home it's sort of isolating myself in terms of because that is how most people make friends at university they they live with yeah. each other you know so if I'm not doing that I need to kind of push myself out there and, and make sure that I'm socializing in other ways and and that might be a bit tricky and that's another thing that I'm sort of like right I need to go into it with a conscious idea of put yourself out there socialize get involved <laughs> For the remainder of August, you can get 20% off at Chewy Gem UK and Chewy Gem Canada. No code needed in the UK, but if you're shopping in Canada, use the code B2S20 and that will give you 20% off on both of those websites. You can still get the Jazz Pendant with 10% off at Chewy Gem USA. Now back to the podcast. Yeah, and and I, uh, what about things like university clubs and stuff like that? Can you see yourself joining any of those? I think I can. Yeah, I don't really know what's on offer at the moment. I'll know um, on the first week sort of what's 
what kind of clubs and societies are there. But I think, again, it's sort of all part of the sort of classic university experience, sort of joining yes. a little society and getting really mm-hmm. stuck in. And I think that would be a good way of getting a social group going fairly quickly. Yeah. So I'm hoping to get stuck into something fairly soon when I get there. Yeah. Mm. Wow. It's all so exciting. And I think, I think, I think, you know, I, I love your thinking that you're not going to sacrifice the full experience. You are finding a way to make that experience work for you. Yeah, definitely. I think that's really what I want to try and do. It's, I know that all aspects of university life aren't for me. Um, but I said from the start, I was talking to my parents when I first started to apply. I said, I am not going to go into this thinking um, that anything is out of bounds for me. Um, yeah. I want to go in into this journey, into this new chapter thinking, um, okay, when opportunities come, I'm not immediately going to say no, or I'm not going to think that's not for me, or I can't do that. I'm going to mm-hmm. go into this almost completely unbiased and just say yes try and say yes to more things try to put myself out there and try to get a more of a well-rounded university experience um Mm -hmm. because that's that's really what I want so and I don't want to self-sabotage that because I'm very I'm very good at saying no to things and saying no is so much easier than saying yes so yes no it is but it's it's that it's the importance of that um self-talk isn't it yes it's making sure that the voice in your head is saying the right things in a positive way so that you continue to push through these challenges rather than letting the the negative voice jump in and take over. Yeah, definitely. I think that's something that a lot of people, especially on the spectrum, struggle with is because I do feel like a lot of the time we are almost told what we can and cannot do as opposed to figuring it out. Mm -hmm. I know certainly when I was diagnosed, um, I was sort of told by the person who diagnosed me um, oh, this is going to be difficult, X, Y, and Z, you're not going to be able to do, um, uh, yeah. you'll get there. And it was said in a really supportive way, and I really appreciated mm-hmm. it at the time, but I didn't realise how much it had stuck in my head and had made me um, very biased in my thinking of what I can and cannot do because that makes me almost think, well, I can't do that because that person told me that I can't and they're a professional. And mm-hmm. um, I do think it's a it's a way of thinking that a lot of us are susceptible to, because we're in a community and in a and in a world where we are often told, oh, those on the spectrum or those with these kinds of difficulties will never be able to do that. And yeah, and then when we do achieve these things, this is another pet peeve of mine. When we do achieve these things, people say, oh, well, then you can't be autistic. Ugh. You know, as opposed to saying, oh, my goodness, well done for overcoming the challenge. Despite yeah. your, you being autistic, it's you can't do that. You did this, but that means that you can't be autistic now. And people doubt your diagnosis when you achieve something. And that just shows the society that we live in when it comes to just disabilities in general and the, the idea of, of what disabilities are for people. Um, yeah. It says a lot about the society we live in. Yeah, doesn't it? Mm. Yeah, it's real, real. I keep thinking we're moving forward and then you hear things like that and you think there's just so many misconceptions over kind of hidden disabilities and things like that. Yeah. But we shall keep fighting the good fight and try and change that. Definitely. We'll never stop. <laughs> yeah. So any, anything else that you've had to consider? So you've obviously considered the, the timetable and the routine, the moving out and what kind of 
um, environment might work for you? Mm. Is there anything else that's in your head? Well, I think people, people at the moment are looking at me a little bit sort of <laughs> a bit concerned because I like to have that kind of backup plan in my head. Um, mm -hmm. I'm really sort of, I like to consider all angles. So mm -hmm. I also have sort of a plan in place if I decide that, um, you know, business and marketing isn't for me. I have found a plan if I want to drop out, if, because I'm going into this very kind of, well, if I don't enjoy it, I don't enjoy it. I'm not putting any pressure on myself to, good. to go all the way through. I'm just thinking, well, now's a good time to try it. I've applied, I've got in, I've got nothing else to do. Might as well give it a go. <laughs> so yeah. um, I'm sort of going into it with that attitude. But when I talk to people about, um, oh, what happens if I decide that I don't want to go to university or when I've been looking at accommodation, I've been sort of saying, oh, what happens if I decide that I don't want to live here anymore? And they look yeah. at me like, well, aren't you taking this seriously? Um, mm. They get the wrong impression of it and they assume that because I'm asking about dropping out and cancelling contracts that I'm clearly not serious. Yeah. And that's been a something that I've never really had to contend with before, but it's been really obvious that asking about backup plans and the what ifs and the worst case scenarios. Yeah. People judge that and they think, why are you asking about all of this? You should be uh -huh. going into this full force. And I'm just not that kind of personality. I'm not the kind of person who goes in full force without a without a plan B, you know? Yeah. So, which doesn't mean you're not committed to what you're doing. It just means you're 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 planning for every eventuality. Yes, I thought it was a rather like sensible question, especially when sort of signing accommodation contracts to say, oh yeah. well, if I decide if, if this doesn't work out, what's what's the get out? What what can I do? Do I have to pay full rent? Do I have to find someone to take over my room? Like what happens? Yeah. Um, and people look at that as like like a lack of confidence and um not the best mentality to be going into these things but i th i think that's pretty sensible to ask <laughs> yes i would agree um so so how are you how are you handling that i think uh, are you getting the information that you need that they're providing it yeah i think um i've kind of gone into this with i don't care what people think about me and the prejudice that they may have when I ask these questions, I'm going to get the information that is going to make me feel comfortable. And I, yeah. if I have to step on some toes or if I have to um, leave people with a, the wrong impression of me and, and my kind of reasons for going to university and my real passion, and they don't believe that. Um, yeah. At the end of the day, I know why I'm doing this. I know that I'm passionate and I know why I'm asking these questions and that's all that matters really but it's something that I didn't think I was going to have to face going into this yeah, um, yeah and it's been quite interesting in a weird way um seeing yeah. how people react and, and sort of overcoming my yeah it sounds like it's almost amusing you rather than bothering you at first I was like wow this is people are, are strange thinking that I I don't believe in myself because I'm asking these questions and now when I ask them, because I have to, I have to ask these questions. There's no way around it because I need this information for me to feel comfortable. Yeah. So when I ask, I'm, I'm almost sort of expecting the weirdest, most random response now. And I'm sort of scoring them on like a scale of one to 10, how <laughs> funny it was or how amusing or how strange. Yeah. So I have kind of turned it into a bit more of a game for me, but yes. to help me cope with it. But that was something that I definitely wasn't expecting. Yeah, um, It's almost like, in order to be committed, 
well, no, the fact that you are committed to going kind of creates the need for this information. Yes. You know what I mean? Definitely. It's it's not the other way around. It's more that you are committed and therefore serious. And therefore, if you are serious, your nature is such that you need this information. Yeah, definitely. You know, this isn't me coming out of college and me just doing this because, you know, my parents want me to go or because my teachers have pressured me into going or because there's nothing better for me to do. And I'm, I'm just want to go and, you know, have a good time. This is really, you know, this is quite a serious thing for me. It's something that I never thought that I would do. So I want to kind of cover all basis and you know I've still got in the back of my head that you know four years ago I never thought university was for me and that was there a reason for that was you know me changing my mind and deciding to go to university is that because I changed my mind and really thought yes no this is this is good for me and my previous thought of me not going to university is completely invalid or was four years ago the valid thought and now I'm sort of you know, I need to cover for that. I need to, this is because my brain just overthinks things. And, <laughs> yeah. but no, I'm, I'm really excited. And all the information that I'm getting is helping me to just feel more and more confident in the decision, but I'm not, Brilliant. I'm not going to feel ashamed of or embarrassed for having to try and get as much information as possible in order to feel comfortable. Exactly. And what about your parents? How did they react when you turned around and said, I'm going to go to uni? They were really, really supportive and really excited. Uh I think they've always supported the decisions that I've made in terms of not going to university and going to work. And um, when I got my my first job, um, when I was working in a hospital, they really supported that. And then when I decided to resign, they really supported that as well. They've been brilliant with sort of they know how difficult this this journey has been for me and and how much I, I lean on them for support during this time. But I think secretly deep down they did want me to go to university because they thought well I've got the potential to go and that I did really want to go before my diagnosis Mm -hmm. and I think they were a little bit um sad that it seemed like my diagnosis kind of stopped me yeah yeah so I think they are secretly deep down really really pleased that this is happening because they I think this is what they wanted all along despite the fact that they have you know supported all of the decisions I've made yeah I think any parent probably if you could you you always want the best for your kids and therefore you there's this um impression isn't there that university gives you the best options for your future yes um so yeah of of course they'll be excited about you going it makes sense but just wonderful that you do have such a supportive family that support whatever you do yes yeah they've been and that must also make you feel good about if and I don't believe it will happen you decide a year in it's not for me you know that you can talk to them yes definitely they know that I'm going in with the attitude of well let's let's just see see how it goes you know I don't know that university isn't for me until I try so um and they're definitely um helping me with that and making me feel really kind of good about it and they say well even if you come out with half a degree or yeah you know that's still better than nothing <laughs> so um yeah, you know that's that's the really good thing about going on a, on like a university journey is that any time that you spend in university you learn and you get you know more information and you um you can move up career ladders if that's what you want just by stepping foot in university um yeah so yeah that's really I think they know how difficult this has been because probably one of the hardest things that I've had to deal with for the last sort of four or five years is this lack of 
knowing what I want to do. And that has been really, really unsettling. You know, I grew up with my older sister who by the age of like 12 knew that she wanted to be a midwife and Uh and she worked for it, went to university and, and lo and behold, she's, she's a midwife. So she knew what she wanted to do from such a young age. And I really admired that. And I never had that. So I just, and it didn't help because people often say, Oh, well, you know, especially when you're on the spectrum, it's like, Oh, find your special interest. And, and if you work towards that, because a lot of people find if they're working in an area that involves their special interest, um, they can cope better with the world of work. But I, as we discussed in the previous podcast, have, so many fleeting special interests that when I was yeah I was like oh one day I want to do this and I was really really like set on it and then next week I wanted to do this and it was completely different you know so that didn't really help me unfortunately (laughs) but yeah it's been a journey of lots of meltdowns and making wrong decisions and thinking that I was going to go in one direction and then being taken in a completely different direction and it's been probably the hardest thing for me because i i hate not knowing where i'm going or what i'm doing yeah Mm. yeah but that now that's cleared up you have you you have a plan yes um and you're going to follow that plan so i definitely feel like this is the first time in in four years that i feel like okay yeah this feels like this is a good plan i know i've got goals now i'm really starting to kind of hone in on what i like and where i want to be and what area i want to be in and that is so comforting to me because I I've always wanted that and I was always so jealous of people who had that and I could just never get there so it's definitely a real source despite all of the anxiety that comes with it the sort yeah. of comfort of knowing oh well I'm I'm on a path and I've got goals now and I can kind of see myself doing this long term you know that's of, that's of huge comfort because I've never had that before that's awesome yeah. so good Katie really good um, what what about from a sensory challenge perspective, having to be in a university environment? Is there anything there that you're having to consider? Well, I didn't really think it would be difficult. I went into this, I think, a little bit like, because I didn't know what university was going to bring, I thought, oh, well, I'll be fine. I coped in mm-hmm. school, I'll be fine. And I went to, like I said, I went to go and see my wellbeing officer because anyone who is on the spectrum or has sort of declared needing extra support you go and meet your well-being officer before um before term starts so you can kind of chat through what your worries are and they can see if they can put anything in place and mm-hmm. i went into that meeting and i was like look i don't think um i'm gonna need a lot of of support i think just knowing that i've got a well-being officer that if i need anything i will come to you but i don't think i'm gonna really need anything in place But as Mm -hmm. we started to kind of talk a little bit more and we started to really dig deep into what I was worried about and what I've experienced in the past, she was like, right, you need this, this, this and this and this. And none of it I really expected. You know, she was talking about um, recording equipment so that I can record my lectures using like a dictaphone or some audio recording because she said, well, you know, have you ever experienced these times where you you can get to lectures or you can get to class or you can get to a certain place, but you just can't concentrate because it's taken you so much mm-hmm. effort to get there. And I said, oh, yeah, I, I have experienced that and I do relate to that. And she says, well, mm-hmm. well, record so that you don't have to feel like you have to listen so closely to the information that you are hearing. And in case your processing isn't very good, 
and I thought oh god I, I didn't think about that and she started to like talk about all these things and it was mainly about sort of being able to record lectures um and then despite you know if I get there or not um I have access to lectures which I can listen to at any point when I'm feeling a little bit more settled and that I can concentrate and then being able to take in that information much better as opposed to getting there in a bit of a state and then having to make loads of notes and not being able to process and being a bit behind and then panicking because of that so mm. which I didn't consider at all so having that oh, meeting, that's a really good tip having that meeting really yep. helped what what about a situation where for whatever reason you've been unable to make a lecture so you miss it and you can't record it yeah this is the thing that I was sort of have been kind of left with a little bit of like I I never say trauma because I think trauma is too strong a word, but I I always say I've been left with some demons from mm-hmm. college because I was really, really um, sort of slated for um, my attendance record. I could never really get to college. My attendance was really down and they knew why it was down, but I was still, there was a lot of pressure on me to get to class and right. I hated that. I really didn't cope under that pressure and it really got to me. Um, and I worried about that with university. I was like, oh, well, what if I can't get to a lecture? What if I decide that I wake up and I'm just not feeling it? Or I don't want to get back to that place where I was under that pressure. Mm. Um, but they have a really great system. I think this is probably what they do in most universities now. Uh, but in my university, they have a lovely system where I can actually access either a live feed. So even if I can't get to the lecture, but I still want to partake in it I can um, access the lecture from my laptop and I can have almost like a live stream of it so I'm at home um but I can still be making notes um just as if I was there Mm -hmm. or if I find that even if I can't do that and I can't even you know get up out of bed um I can always access that live stream at a later date in a couple of days time or all of the notes are online from the start of my course. Essentially, what my wellbeing officer said is, you can get your degree without even having to go to lectures nowadays because everything is online. So, wow, yeah, she would. That's she said, that, you know, go to lectures because they're great and that's part yeah. of the university experience. But in the grand scheme of things, um, from the moment you set foot in university in September as a first year your three years worth of or your four years worth of um, knowledge and lectures and notes and information are all online for you to access. So I can essentially, I can essentially do a three year degree in in a week if I wanted to, (laughs) but who would do that? (laughs) Yeah, I know. Mind you, it's the sort of thing I would do. I think once you get stuck into something, I feel like I just want to do it. You just want to get it done. But because um, I remember at uni, I was, I was like, I've always been like this since high school, that I've been, I, if, if I've got a deadline of four weeks away, I'll do it earlier. A lot of people will do it like the night before or the week before, but I would do it at the start of those four weeks. And I got stung at uni a couple of times with that because the lecturer then decided to change the title. So I'd written like this 4,000 word essay or something. In, in the first week and then they changed it in week three and I was like oh man oh no that's awful isn't it um yeah getting punished yeah. for you know doing your work and, and being sort of attentive <laughs> yeah absolutely but but the fact it's all online is just like life-changing that's awesome yeah it's really good I think and these are the things that um I feel like technology has really really 
helped with. There's a lot of people out there that criticize technology. I've spoken about this before on the podcast, but yeah. you know, we've said technology is often given a bad rap and like, you know, people say people rely too much on technology and oh in my day we didn't have this we had you know books and things you know um this has been really you know these are the things that allow people with extra needs disabilities to access the same level of of education and just the same level of independence as as neurotypicals and those without disabilities so i'm like don't don't criticize it because it's really what we can this is giving a lot of people independence and being able to go after what they want yeah it's it's a real shift in equality isn't it it's it's making it a level playing field and everybody gets the same opportunities exactly. which is just yeah really good. yeah it's like what we were talking about last week about the whole equality and the and the fairness and, and some people yes. needing a load of support and others just needing a bit of support and others needing no support and that's not trying to get people ahead that is just getting people on a level level playing field totally well i think it's incredibly exciting i really do i'm so excited for you thank you you. i totally believe you'll love every minute of it well maybe not every minute but most (laughs) minutes most minutes of it i'm sure you will love i'm expecting Um, to go into it with a with a few moments of oh my goodness why have i done this (laughs) that's part of student life i guess (laughs) exactly and you'll yeah, um, you'll make lifelong friends just as you did at college. It's going to be fantastic. Yeah, I'm, I'm so excited, and like I just can't thank Chewy Gem and the Chewy Gem community enough for allowing me to find a path that I am really passionate about because it was working here that yeah. has led has led to this passion. And I'm like, I I can't thank everyone in the community and all of the staff members enough for you know taking me on Hooray. to be able to. Uh, to do this so i'm so excited (laughs) great and on that note so that everyone knows katie's kind of like well leaving is not the right word Mm. but we're we're giving we're giving katie the space to go and um get settled into uni yes um, without any chewy gem type pressure but she'll still be here and um be doing ad hoc work when it suits her really so that works out really well yeah yeah it's Um, brilliant I didn't I was like I never want to leave Chewy Gem you know it's oh I I couldn't cope with the idea of going to university at the you know and then sort of discarding my Chewy Gem work like no I I really wanted to be able to do them together but you know like Jenny said it's it's finding that balance of and and you know becoming a student and having that full student experience without the pressure of work but yeah I'm definitely still going to be in the background and I'll still pop up on podcasts every now and again I'm sure and blogging and I'll be here (laughs) yeah but we must 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 do a podcast like maybe late November or something after you've settled for a couple of months and you can report back on all your worries whether they were actually well-founded or whether you found solutions and how it's all panning out yeah definitely I think we should do a little series about uh my journey and, and keep people up to date and uh, I think it'll be good therapy for me to just come on here and just sort of verbal diary or everything out that I've experienced and, <laughs> and maybe uh, get some advice <laughs> brilliant okay well yeah that's us for this week then so thank you very much for your time Katie it's been really interesting thank you yeah and you're not away yet but I'm sure everybody wishes you all the very best with it yes thank you I will be I'll be around still but uh yes I will I will hopefully enjoy this new chapter now.
fab. Right, thanks everyone. We'll see you next see week. See you soon. Bye. You know what?